Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Enjoy a tall, cool dude. What is this? What what are we doing? What in God's name are we doing? What? Our lives! What, what kind of lives are these? We're like children. We're not men. No, we're not. We're not men. It's the nightcap. Are we going to be sitting here when we're 60 like two idiots? We should be having dinner with our sons when we're 60. We're pathetic. You oh. know that? Yeah, like I don't know that I'm pathetic. On WGR Sports Radio 550. So then you asked yourselves, isn't there something more to life? Yes. Yeah, well, let me clue you in on something. There isn't. What's up? It's the Nightcap, Joe DiBiase here on WGR. The NFL free agency's pretty much underway. It's not officially, officially underway. Legal tampering going on right now. Might as well kick off the show with some breaking news. In case you missed it, we didn't have enough of the update there. It just happened. The Buffalo Bills have made another signing, or are going to make another signing, according to Adam Schefter. Former Kansas City Chiefs center Mitch Morse intends to sign with the Bills. Doing some quick research on Mr. Mitch Morse. He's been the starting center for the Kansas City Chiefs for the last three seasons. Three seasons incurred some injury problems. And uh, he appears now that he will become the starting center here in Buffalo. Uh, one name they have been connected to was former Broncos center Matt Paradis. And Benjamin Albright had a couple hours ago that it was down to the Bills and the Jets for Matt Paradis, who was widely thought of as the number one center in free agency. So that appears he will probably, I would think, go to the Jets at this point, if you trust the word of Benjamin Albright there. And the Bills have their guy in Mitch Morse, 26 years old. Center. He goes from Mahomes to Allen. And he is one of four signings, reported signings, that the Bills have been making uh, today. Three of which are on offense, one of which is on defense. 803-0550 is the phone number. Your early reaction to what the Bills uh, have kind of gotten going here in free agency so far. Even though, like I said, things will not become official until free agency officially opens Wednesday at 4 o'clock. 803-0550 is the phone number. Give us a call. We'll get you right on here on the nightcap. And what you think the Bills should be looking forward to, what they still need to do here in free agency, and I still think they need to do most of what they needed to do. What have they really filled so far? They've filled a few holes, for sure. But they have not made a big significant move that would have warranted all the buildup that this free agency period has been for the team. For over a year now, we've been talking about all the cap space they have in 2019. Over $70 million. It was up to $90 million at one point. And now, I know it's early. It's only day one of this whole process. But to this point, it has not been worth the buildup 
that or the wait that uh, we have been waiting for. There are still moves to be made out there. The Bills are reportedly interested in Charger receiver Tyrell Williams. That is a my favorite thing I've seen today for the Bills, to be honest, is the idea of Tyrell Williams coming here. And we'll dive into him a little bit more as well. Just to recap some of what, if you've missed what the Bills have done today, because none of it's official, um, but all of it is from credible reporters and what they're, they've kind of done so far to this point. First, they start off the day with Kevin Johnson. That's not official yet. That can be made official because he was released by the Texans, so he can sign at any point officially. But we have not seen that to this point, but we do have reports from Ian Rappaport and Aaron Wilson out of Houston from earlier in the day that he is going to be signed with the Bills. Cornerback from the Texans, first-round pick in 2015, a lot of injury issues. That's kind of going to become a theme, I think, of the Bills free agency so far, injury issues. And they made it known last year by signing Trent Murphy coming off a torn ACL that if they think enough of you as a player, that they will put up with the durability issues. And they've done that with three players today, the first of which is Kevin Johnson, concussion issues, uh, knee injury, foot injury. Pretty good player, it seems, when healthy, but has really struggled to stay healthy. And I think you sign him, you're basically done in the secondary. Right? I mean, it's not like the Bills needed to plug many holes on the defense, but they did need another corner. Levi Wallace played really well last year, but how much do you want to count on a guy that was an undrafted rookie from last season? So you bring in Kevin Johnson. If he's healthy, he's good. He can be on the field for you, and you've still got Trey White as your bona fide number one corner, and you've still got uh, you've still got Levi Wallace to throw in the mix there, Teron Johnson in the slot. So you seem pretty set at corner, you're already set at safety, you're already set at linebacker. Maybe you could use a pass rusher along the way here. There was a report early in the day that the Bills were in on Trey Flowers, pass rusher, defensive end from the New England Patriots. He ultimately is going to Detroit, but maybe that's a window into the Bills being interested in upgrading at defensive end. They still have Jerry Hughes on the roster. They still have Shaq Lawson on the roster. They still have, well, Shaq Lawson's going to have a fifth-year option that they'd have to pick up, but he's still here. And you've got Trent Murphy, who I mentioned before, that you've got under contract. Defensive tackle, maybe you could add one to there. But more minor holes on the defense. This should be the offseason and the free agency period of the offense. Of building up the offense. The past two, three years, or two years really, since Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott took over, they have focused to this point on building up the defense. That's where they've spent a lot of their assets. They spent free agent money on Star Latule, who right now is the highest paid player on the team depending on what these other contracts they they sign today are. Defensive tackle. He's your highest paid player in the team. You spent, sticking with the defensive line, you spent money on Trent Murphy. You spent a third-round pick on Harrison Phillips. You spent a first-round pick and traded up in the first round to draft Tremaine Edmonds. You spent your first first-round pick on a cornerback in Tredavis White. Your first free agency period you did, you locked down safety. You signed Micah Hyde. You signed Jordan Poyer. They spent a lot of assets building up the defense, and we saw the fruits of that labor last season. But what we had not seen to this point was a real dedication to upgrading the offensive side of the football other than your quarterback. They went all in. They made sure they got Josh Allen. Good foresight by them because you really didn't want to go into this season looking for a quarterback because there's maybe only one guy that really excites a lot of people, and that's Kyler Murray. Probably going to go first overall. 
We had not seen the dedication to building up your offense for the future. If you looked at their opening day roster last year, and we talked about this, how many players could you have looked at on the offensive side of the football and said, oh yeah, he'll be here for two, three years? You could really only say that about Josh Allen, and you could really only say that about Deion Dawkins. Everybody else had at least a question mark around them. Even Zay Jones had a question mark. So we knew the buildup had to come. And this offseason was where it's going to happen. And to this point, you look at the four signings they've made, three are on the offense. They plugged the hole at tight end. You cut Charles Clay, you needed a guy. I'm not a big fan of signing guys that were backup tight ends elsewhere. I never really liked the idea of Jesse James. I never liked the idea of Dwayne Allen. These guys that are just kind of, you know, bouncing around, backup tight end, backup tight end out in different places. Croft is okay, it seems. He kind of got stuck in the mix in tennis in Cincinnati. They had a, three good tight ends. Eifert just couldn't stay healthy. Uzuma, who really came on strong last year, and he's the guy the Bengals are going to ultimately keep. And then Croft, who played pretty well in Eifert's absence before that. And he's fine. He's fine. Not that expensive. He's, not, he's going to be an upgrade over what Charles Clay was last season. And he's going to cost you less than what Charles Clay did. 6.25 a year. 6.25 million a year for Tyler Croft. Fine. He's not going to blow you away. He's not going to be an elite tight end. He's not going to be on your fantasy team at tight end. Most leagues only got 12 teams and you start one tight end. I don't think he's in that the top 12. But he's a respectable upgrade over what you had in Charles Clay. Alright, fine. I don't mind it. You signed Mitch Morse. Okay. He was not the number one center on the on the market. That was Paradis. But by all accounts, it seems like he's pretty good. Pro, Pro Football Focus has him ranked last year as the seventh best pass blocking center in the league. All right. That was a big issue for the Bills. Pass blocking. He was seventh best at his position last year. Hasn't given up a sack on his own. Because Pro, Pro Football Focus grades that as well. He hasn't given a sack where it was completely his fault since 2015. Again, though, has had injury concerns. And I didn't mention that with Croft. Croft had injury concerns last year. Like I said, becoming a theme, the Bills don't really... Like, they're not going to rule you out if durability is an issue. And that's something that maybe we should take note of looking forward with how this GM and coach build their squad up. But that you've got your number one center locked down. You've got one position on your offensive line locked down along with Deion Dawkins. So you've got two... Guys that you can say, all right, we can build around them on our O-line. Last year you had one, and he struggled. Dawkins did because he didn't really have a lot around him, and who knows what else went into that. But you'd hope he bounces back, and now you've got a respectable center. This is not Bodine to me, Russell Bodine from last year. Russell Bodine, yeah, started games in Cincinnati. You could look at both guys' resumes and say they both started every game for multiple years on a team. Every game that they played, they started in. But if you really dug in, even just a little bit, I'm not saying I've watched the film on these guys, but just a quick search to Pro Football Focus would tell you that last year Russell Bodine going into free agency was one of the statistically worst centers in the league that played significant time. And this year you could do that same type of search and see, oh, 
Mitch Morse, top 10 tight end or top 10 center when it comes to pass blocking. All right. I can get I can get on board with that. We'll see what the dollar amount comes in for Morse. We have not seen anything uh, to this point on that. What the Bills have yet to do, and actually we do have a report on that right now, so I'll get that in. Mike Garofolo, NFL Network, says that Morse will get north of $11 million a year, which will make him the league's highest paid center. That's at least until Matt Paradis signs a deal, which might come with the New York Jets. Uh, I'd expect that Paradis will become the league's highest paid center, but for the time being, the Bills are paying Mitch Morse more money than any center in football. I'm fine with that. It's not a huge chunk of change. It might be something to uh, be said, though, for now, that your two highest-paid players on your team are a center and a defensive tackle. And like I said, you're building it up. Fine. It's not a big deal right now. In the long run, though, you don't want your center and your defensive tackle to be your two highest-paid players, ideally. Those are kind of replaceable positions. If I were going to rank the most important positions on a football team, they probably wouldn't be in my top five. But like I said, you're building it up. you got to do it at some point. The other signing they made today. Frank Gore is, a go- is going to be a bill. Oh, Frank Gore is going to be a bill. And I mean, I did not see this coming. Maybe I should have. I just, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. 30... Six. They're going to have a 36-year-old running back. And last year, I thought the Bills made two big mistakes on their offense. They had the oldest running back room in the league. When everybody else is going one way with youth and spending mid-round picks on guys and plugging playing and you keep cycling them in because eventually you're going to find one a running back, the Bills went the other direction. They signed veterans that you've heard of, but that are in the twilight of their careers. Chris Ivory, keeping around LaShawn McCoy, even Marcus Murphy is going to be 28. He's always brought up as the youngest guy on the team, and he's not that young for a running back. The other one they did, the other issue they had on offense was their receiving core. It was big, it was slow. And that is the other trend that the Bills were not following. Because receivers in the league today look around the league at who's playing the best. Size doesn't matter that much. Sure, you'd like it to be that way. But athleticism, speed, and route running seem to be the most important facets to a wide receiver's game. Antonio Brown, not that big. Amazing route runner. Tyree Kill, super small. But maybe the fastest player in the league always gets open. Even Odell Beckham, average size receiver. But he can jump 10 feet in the air and make a one-handed catch. And he always gets open. Those are three of the best receivers in the league. And I don't know, Beckham might be, Beckham's definitely over six foot. But none of them you would call like a monstrous receiver. You got your AJ Greens, you got your Julio Jones. I'm not saying those guys don't exist. But those guys, when they have size, also have the speed. And the Bills here thought that Kelvin Benjamin was going to be capable to be their number one receiver for the time being. They thought that Andre Holmes was still capable of playing snaps on offense. Two guys on the outside that were big and slow and that no safety in the league was going to be afraid of getting past them. You know what the Bills 
found out at receiver, they learned. They got to the midway point of the season and said, this ain't working. We got to go the other way. We got to go for speed. Let's not worry about size so much. And what did they do? They brought in Isaiah McKenzie. They brought back Robert Foster and gave him more meaningful snaps. They even brought in Deontay Thompson again, even though that didn't work. Stylistically, again, that was another move towards speed. And by the end of the year, the Bills were 10 times faster at wide receiver than when they started the year. Instead of having Andre Holmes, Kelvin Benjamin, and Zay Jones out there, you had Robert Foster, Zay Jones, and Isaiah McKenzie. And even though those guys were not high picks, and even though McKenzie was a street-free agent or a waiver claim, and Robert Foster was an undrafted rookie who barely played in college, and you had cut a few months before, just the fact that they were fast or quick, in McKenzie's uh, case more so, it worked. The Bills learned at wide receiver. They have not learned their lesson yet at running back. Because here we go again. Frank Gore. Like, what are you doing at running back, guys? Like, what is this team doing at running back? What about youth? What about speed? All that you're doing... And maybe this doesn't come to fruition. Maybe he doesn't make the team. Maybe he's cut. Maybe he pulls an Anquan Bolden and says, I don't really want to play anymore because it's cold or something. But all you're even potentially doing is taking playing time away from a potential young guy who could be here for a long time. A fourth, fifth, sixth round pick. Because every year you look around the league And what are teams doing? They're taking flyers on guys, and they become good. Like, where is my Philip Lindsay? Where's my Devontae Freeman? Where's my James White? There are a thousand examples of other teams not spending a lot at that position and figuring it out. Because although... Frank Gore is not in much of an investment, a one-year, $2 million deal. While he's not much of an investment, what he is is preventing you from finding a solution to the future at that position. And the longer you do that, the more likely you get yourself trapped again, like the previous regimes have done here. The more likely you are to get trapped and think that you've got to go get a really solid veteran, the more likely you think that you have to go sign the next Le'Veon Bell. And that is not a spot you want this team to be in. I don't understand the move. And like I said, it's not a huge deal because you're not spending a lot. But it's a philosophical thing at this point. They don't seem to know what they're doing at that position. I will say this just to be optimistic. If there was one position that I think I would want the Bills to not know what they're doing at, it would probably be running back. But... You just got to hope at some point that they figure that out. That they got to figure out what they're doing. Maybe they'll draft a guy. Maybe this this whole, this whole spiel is for nothing. And I hope it is. But for now, you've got the three oldest running backs in the NFL. That's a joke. They're the three oldest running backs in the NFL. Just can't, can't you can't have that. 803 is the phone number. We're going to break in a second before we do that. Let's go to Nick in Buffalo. Nick, what's up, man? You're on the nightcap. 
Yeah, I'm totally embarrassed here. Sorry, what's that, Nick? Bean has totally... You hear me? Yep, go ahead. Sorry about that. Okay. Bean has been totally outmaneuvered by McCannion in the last two years. I mean, the Jets jumped up to three last year when nobody expected it, and he pretty much handcuffed our draft last year. And nobody talks about it, but that was like a great move by the Jets. This year, they drove up the price on Paradis, who was probably our number one uh, center that we wanted. Not only did they drive up the price so high we had to settle for Morse, because we couldn't match what they what they were giving them. There's all kinds of reports out there how much it is. But we grabbed the center that they didn't want from last year and paid them more money for it. So they jumped up and grabbed the center we liked, and we took the one they didn't want and paid them more. Then we needed a guard. They went out and got assembly, a Pro Bowl guard, for nothing, For as far as I'm concerned. Mm. They got the best end of the stick there. Then they... They wanted a slot receiver. We were thinking about grabbing Crowder. They grabbed Crowder. So everything we've done, the Jets have one-upped us. And plus, they luck into the number three pick. They're going to still end up with Quinn and Williams or Josh Allen. And I, the Bills can not even come close to making a move like that. And we're going to end up probably drafted Metcalf. And you could see this guy's going to end up being a bust. Because nothing that we've done so far has indicated Bean knows anything about what he's doing right now. The, the trust the process is not looking very good right now. It seems like the same old organization that we've been involved with for the last 15, 20 years. This is, like, embarrassing. I, I just can't believe it's happening again. Yeah, Nick, thanks for the call, man. I mean, I'm not that pessimistic on what's going on right now. Um, but, you know, the Jets have made a couple moves that you are envious of. If they've signed Paradis and – you pair that with the guy they got from Oakland. Those are two linemen you would have really liked to have. You would have really liked to have those two. I'm not super... I, I, w- I wouldn't say, though, that I think that the Jets have it figured out. I don't think they're ahead of you right now. I think that both quarterbacks look pretty much even in the first year. They both had ups and downs. And everything else is kind of... Needing, needing fixing. The Bills are better on defense. I'll say that. So maybe that's where they have the edge. The Bills are better on defense, and you're going into year three of a head coach while the Jets are going into year one. So you know what? I would give the Bills the edge because they do have a better defense. As I'm talking this out, they definitely have an edge. Because that coach in New York, I would not want that coach, and it's his first year there, and we are in year three, and we do have a like established defense at this point. You'd hope you have an established defense. But you don't, just saying that, you don't want it to become a Sabres-Leafs situation here where you started your rebuild and your division rival flies past you. You just don't want that to happen. I don't think it's the same situation. I don't think they're going to fly past the Bills like Toronto did uh, to the Sabres. But there is a, they are doing some things that I would have liked the Bills to do. Max in Santa Cruz, California. What's up, Max? Hey, can you hear me? Yep. What's up, man? Yeah, so I, I'm definitely more patient. I don't, I don't, I'm not pessimistic about this right now. Actually, I think um, we do need to focus heavily on offense uh, this free agency. I think you were saying that earlier, and I think, I think Mitch Morse. I thought he, I think he's solid. I mean, from, from everything I hear and I see, mm-hmm. I mean, he's probably going to be a little cheaper than Paradis, and he's going to be a starter right away. I think he's a huge upgrade over Bodine, and and then Frank Gore actually. Look, I understand not wanting to have an older running back again, but 
if we do get rid of Ivory, we're pretty much barely spending anything for Frank Gore, and we struggled really, we struggled really badly with um, our running backs pass protecting actually last year. That's something that we're not really considering for Josh Allen's protection as well. Like Marcus Murphy would let Allen get his head taken. Oh, sorry about that. Sorry about that, Max. That was on me. Um, yeah, I know where you were going with that though, and that's probably the only caveat that makes me not hate it. I do not like it, but the pass protection part of it, um, yeah, that can only help Josh Allen. And you just at, at some point though, the point to me is more you want a guy that can do all of it, and you want a guy that can do all of it for a long time for you, and you know you're not getting that out of him because in three four years he will be forty. <laughs> Thank you for the call though. Sorry about that. Eight oh three oh five fifty is the phone number. We'll get back to your calls after the break, so keep them rolling here on the nightcap. We're talking Bills free agency, and uh, and, and later I want to talk a little bit about the Jack Eichel suspension. And he seems to think that it shouldn't have been even a penalty. Um, we'll get we'll dive into that a little bit uh, later in the show, but mostly uh, Bills free agency here on the nightcap. Jody Biasi here on WGR. I was surprised first off that the Bills got involved and they made an offer that the Steelers really liked. It was going to be a swap of picks in the first round. They would go from 20 to 9. Pittsburgh liked that. And there was also a couple of other draft choices that were thrown into the mix. So they were completely happy with the deal. And being smart, Bill's management said, hey, well, we've got to talk to Drew Rosenhaus and see if Antonio wants to be here. So this was all Antonio that did it. Both sides, Buffalo and Pittsburgh, were so close. But like anything else, if the player doesn't want to be there and the Bills recognize that, then you move on. John Clayton on with Bulldog and Sal earlier today. You can find that on demand at WGR550.com and the Radio.com app. He dropped a bit of news there today. I don't think we really knew. Like We had guesses, but we didn't really know what the Bills had offered Pittsburgh for Antonio Brown. And John came on our station today and he said, hey, the Bills were going to move down from 9 to 20 and there were going to be other picks involved. I don't know if the Steelers would have been, would have been giving the Bills more. I like to assume that considering he only went for a three and a five. But you don't know. We do know from that uh, John Clayton there says that the Bills were going to trade down from nine to 20 to acquire Antonio Brown. And I'm kind of, should I be worried about that? I I don't think I should be. I'm probably overthinking that. Because he did get traded for a third and a fifth. But anyways. We'll get a little more into that as well as we roll along here. I want to talk some Odell Beckham before uh, before we get out of here. We still got an hour and a half, so plenty of time to do that. Let's keep rolling through your calls on the Bills in free agency. Frank Gore, Kevin Johnson, Tyler Croft, and Mitch Mo- Morse to this point. the Mitch Morse is the uh, starting center coming from the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's start with Brendan and Clarence. Brendan, you're on the nightcap. What's up? Hey, Joe. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, a couple things. Um, although I'm not crazy about the Gore um uh, accusation or the the pick, I um, or the transaction. I'm sorry. I think I understand why they did it. They wanted a veteran, um, because even though Lashawn McCoy is a great runner, he's not really good at pass blocking. And I think they wanted a veteran that knows how to pass block instead of bringing in a rookie that could that they didn't have to teach how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, I don't understand why another reason to do that. Um. The other thing is, at number nine in the draft, I really do hope that people aren't afraid of the expensive shiny new toy in DK Metcalf. Um, 
<clears throat> with that call earlier about the Jets, if there's one team I'm not envious of the decisions they made, it's the Jets. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I would think so, uh, at least in my lifetime, but not... I like I like what they're doing recently. They're trying to build their team similar to what the how the Bills are doing. I just think the Bills are a little ahead of them right now. Um, I don't, I'm I will say it right now I am afraid of DK Metcalf. I am terrified of drafting him at nine. He is a freak athlete, no doubt. He is super fast, which is what I want in a receiver. If you've heard any of my shows, I just want my receivers to be able to run by the other the, the, the defense. He can do that. What do you run a four three forty? Just insane. Where was the college production? Where was all the top five, top ten draft hype before the combine? There was some, but I don't know. I saw mock drafts and rankings where he was outside the top 20. And then all of a sudden, he just he bench presses 37 times and runs a 4-3, and now he's a top five pick? Yeah, I'm terrified to draft him at nine. Especially when it seems that this draft class at receiver is pretty deep. I would want a Hollywood Brown or an AJ Brown or this Neil guy. Like I feel like there are other options that I can do later on. I could trade down to do that. I could draft that in the second round instead of taking a big risk on drafting that talent in the first round. So yeah, I'm terrified of it. But there is upside to it, and I don't hate the idea. I wouldn't blast them for it if they did it because it would be bold and it would be risky, but it would be them taking a shot at a guy that does have the potential to be a bo- a top number one receiver. Not just even a number one. Like There are 30 number one receivers in the league. He has the potential to be like a top 10 guy for sure. But I think there are better ideas out there. Not necessarily free agency. We talked a lot about uh, the receiving class in free agency this year. Like Tyro Williams is still in play. I think he is a solid guy. I would love that, but I'm not trying to pretend that he's a number one receiver in the league. He's not, or at least he probably isn't. He hasn't had quite the opportunity to do it, but it just seems like he's not a number one. He's still a really good idea, and I want the Bills to do that. Everything else that's out there, it's slot guys. Or it's Devin Funchess, who's Carolina. Do we really want to do that again? Bring in the big, slow receiver that the Panthers didn't want? I don't really want to do that again. Oh, I hope they don't do that. I really just hope they don't sign Devin Funchess. Especially since they already signed Frank Gore. Uh, just, I don't know. Let's go to Jimmy in Williamsville. Jimmy, you're on the nightcap. What's up, man? Hey, Joe. I got two things I want to say real quick. Uh, first off, I couldn't agree with you more with everything you just said about DK. I'm terrified of taking him at nine. And I got to say, I love the Mitch Moore signing. But unless we sign another guard or so, I still think offensive line is the move at number nine. If we land a guy like Roger Saffold or if we land another tackle position like maybe Jawan James, Mm-hmm. I'd be comfortable with taking a wide receiver in the first, but I still think you know we could trade back maybe to like that 15 range, and then I'd have no problem taking a guy like Hollywood Brown or even Nikhil Harry. I just don't know about DK either. I mean, like you said, the college production isn't there. He's been hurt almost every single season, and 
there just aren't many wide receivers that are built that big that have the flexibility and whatnot. So the numbers are intriguing, but I'm not sold on them either. But anyways, go Bills, and I love the Mitch Moore signing. Yeah, Jimmy, thanks for the comment. Um, I totally, totally, totally agree on basically all that. Like, it's not sexy, but I kind of want them to just go O-line in the first round. And the one good thing I would say about their offensive line right now is you've got center locked down, and it seems Deion Dawkins is pretty versatile. The the things I've read or heard, the Bills can very well sign this Darrell Williams guy, the right tackle from Carolina, and they can draft a guy in the first round, and you can just push Dawkins inside at guard. And then just like that, I've got four really good linemen maybe. I had one last year, tops. And if I go suddenly to having four, that'd be pretty sweet. Let's go to Jay in Buffalo. Jay, you are on the nightcap. What's up, man? Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. I uh, I'm not saying you guys are necessarily wrong in the in the short picture, but I think the the big picture here for Frank Gore is. I mean, what other player in the league is more revered besides maybe Larry Fitzgerald? I don't think this is a blow the top off the defense or, or rip up the, the running game kind of move. This is this is a Kyle Williams replacement-esque kind of move. Like a leadership locker room guy, you're thinking? You, correct. I mean, they, they've already they've, they've made mention to it quite a few times that, that they're well aware that there's a leadership void after Kyle Williams has been gone, and they – said that they were going to keep an eye on it or, or do what they could to address it. And I think they are doing that. And then now you got our fans, I guess, necessarily degrading, but they're taking shots at the Bills for addressing their leadership. Lack. Yeah, I, I know. I understand that. But, like, how much room do I have for that guy? I've got Lorenzo Alexander. I've got McCoy. Hauschka. Should I release Hauschka, the next name I'm getting to? Maybe Micah Hyde, Poyer, they're veterans, Star Latulale. Like, how many guys can I afford to have on my roster that are just for leadership? I know it's not just for leadership. He is still an NFL player at this point in his career. But I should be valuing upside and future potential, I think, over... The locker room aspect of it. 803 is the phone number. We will keep rolling through your calls after the break. Talking Bills free agency. Kevin Johnson, Tyler Croft, Frank Gore, and most recently Mitch Morse, center from Kansas City. All on the board for the Bills so far. Officially, we'll probably, we're hoping officially uh, all these guys will sign with the Bills on Wednesday when free agency opens at 4 o'clock. 803 is the phone number. You can also hit us up on the text line, 550-550, or on Twitter at SneakyJoeWGR. It's the Nightcap on WG. I'm just telling you guys, I played for five teams. Redskins, Cowboys, Patriots, Bills, and the Browns. And you can ask my wife, you can ask all my friends, and I've said it a million times. Playing in Buffalo for the Bills was by far my favorite team I played for and the best experience I had. You know, it depends on what you're into. I mean, to me, the atmosphere was incredible. 
The people were amazing. There was something special about it being a, a smaller city. Radio.com insider Ross Tucker, former Buffalo Bill. <laughs> if you missed him, man, that was a good interview. Uh, that's on demand at WGR550.com, the Radio.com app. He was on with Bulldog and Sale earlier as well. Like I said, he was a good listen. If you didn't hear it, he talks about hanging out at Big Tree and going. The the one quote, I think I have the drop here. The one quote, we got it. Blood, this, this is what Ross Tucker did in Buffalo. Go to Bledsoe's house and get a keg. Like, that's hilarious. <laughs> I, lo- I love that. Go to Bledsoe's house and get a keg. Love it. <laughs> like I said, go find that. Check it out. It was pretty good. Uh, let's go to Mike in Santa Barbara, California. As we keep talking free agency here. Mike, what's up, man? Hey, good evening, guys over there. Um, yeah, so now the Bills have uh, started you know, building the team or filling holes through free agency. The one thing that I, I really think the Bills need is to get a, a number one target, whether that they lost out on Antonio Brown um, but Odell's still out there, which would not be my first option. Um, I'm, I'm more interested in A.J. Green. I feel like, look, you don't want to take a risk too high on a receiver in the first round. You want to go with that O-line or at least give yourself options with that number one pick. Um, so I'm, I'm interested in what your thoughts are on getting some leadership and a tremendous talent in A.J. Green into that receiver room. And, and I think it would ultimately um, – do wonders in the receiver room, and also also wonders for uh, Josh Allen's development as a quarterback in general. Yeah, Mike, thanks for the call, man. I mean, ideally, that would be the guy I'd want to go for. Ideally. He doesn't have the all the, the stuff that Antonio Brown had going around him, and probably not also not the desire to be the highest-paid player in football, or the highest-paid receiver in football, I should say. He's also 31, and also... It sounds like from a lot of people that he is not getting traded, that the Bengals are going through next this final year of his contract and are maybe going to re-sign him. So I don't know if he's gettable. If he was, I would want him more than these other guys, Odell Beckham maybe even specifically because you could get him for cheap. But realistically, I don't think you can get, get him. Odell Beckham, I want to talk more about him as we go forward here. I am ready for the Bills to do that. I don't think we should be expecting it, but at the same time, they gave us a little window into what they think they need at wide receiver when they even inquired about Antonio Brown, let alone almost came to a deal. Like They were willing, the Buffalo Bills were willing to spend more to get Antonio Brown than any other team in football. They were willing to give Pittsburgh more than any other team in football. So, should I completely rule out that they would even go for Beckham? I don't think you can completely rule it out. Like I said, I would not expect it, but it I don't think it's a pipe dream anymore. Like it maybe was a week ago. We'll get into that more as we roll along here. 8030550 for your thoughts on what the Bills should do along the lines of the rest of free agency and even a little bit here on Odell Beckham. And we'll also hear from John Clayton before we get out of here as well. He was on with uh, Bulldog and Sal earlier. We'll play that back for you before 9 o'clock here on the Nightcap on WGR. Baseball is back. 
And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.